the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. All right, everybody. It's the Working Fans Podcast with the man they call Dave and AJ Strange Brew, and we're talking the top male wrestlers of the year. And AJ, before we get started, why don't you tell people what you look for in your top wrestler of the year? So for me in Top Wrestler of the Year, the title's a little deceiving. For me, Top Wrestler of the Year is all around most successful. How have you evolved? What you've done this year and brought to the product in which you're a part of. I don't think it's fair to judge people necessarily based on the level of federation that they're in, or but you have to to a point. It's not fair to say that the person who's wrestling in front of 300 people, even though they had a great year, is the same as the person wrestling in front of 80,000 and having to having that pressure on them. Yeah, and it's interesting because, like, we're also talking about as much as we like pro wrestling and we respect pro wrestlers and we talk about the legitimacy of it and people don't give it respect, we are talking about a predetermined entertainment thing at the same well. So it's almost hard to say, well, this guy had a much better year. Well, there's a reason for that. No, there is better years. Yeah, there is. Yeah. And you are in those positions a lot most of the time because you're good. I love Dolph, I love Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler is a great wrestler. He can do everything in the ring. Dolph Ziggler had a shitty ass year. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna give you my list actually to start this, and I'll explain. Like I got Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega, Roman Reigns. Those three are gonna be on a lot of people's list. I got Hangman Page, and then my final two. When I was thinking about it, I went with Nick Aldis and Walter. Now both dropped their titles mm. this year, but if you look at it. Both had, like, historically long range in the business. Both put on excellent matches. Yeah, I know COVID also played a factor in some of that. But in the case, especially of Aldis, he was champ for a while. So I absolutely love Nick Aldis, but I can't say that he had a great year because how many matches did he wrestle this year? I mean, that's a good point. I have to look. look. I mean, don't get me wrong. There were five great matches. I think he had more than that. He was around, but... But then the thing is, you all just also. But how do you knock off? And we could debate this later. But how do you knock off somebody like Okada for all this when all this wrestled like ten times? Well, all this Okada was injured, and I think for some of the year, and Okada wasn't in the main because if you look at some of the people we got, but he still. Japan, but I think he still worked more than all this did. If you're looking at, yeah. new, we have some New Japan people on this list, and what about know, Bobby Lashley? Bobby Lashley compared to Nick Aldis. Look, Scott from Voluntown. He's got Brian Danielson. And from New Japan, he's got Shingo, Shingo Takagi, yeah. who's uh, you know, IWGP champ currently. Absolutely. Bill Ospreay, Kota Ibushi, who actually got injured and part of the year also. Yeah, having hell of a matches. 
And then he's got Jonathan Grisham. Now, Jonathan Gresham, Gresham, excuse me, is one of those guys who was pure champion for a while and was putting on fantastic matches and basically rewriting the book on what it is to be a pure wrestler. I love Jonathan Gresham. I'm hoping that he lands somewhere where we can see more of him. We got to see him in the Northeast because he's on Ring of Honor, was on Ring of Honor TV. Some people blame him for what's going on with Ring of Honor. It's fine. I don't. I personally think he was carrying it. It's fine. It's Maybe you don't like him because he's a little shorter. I know how you are. I, I like him. He's got good, thick legs. He does he, have some good legs. You would yeah, like he him. Works, works a strong style. I like John John the Gresham. We saw him actually at Sport. He's a technical wizard. Yeah, but we saw him live at Bloodsport. He was fantastic. Yeah, John Gresham is one of the best. I don't know if he was Wrestler of the Year, but he, no. yeah. Oh, it's in the <laughs> And actually, if you... You're talking about just the wrestling part. He's uh, he's up there. He's as good as anybody. But now. the problem is, is uh, like we said before, for me, I look at it more as a total package. Okay. Well, well, I have guys on my list who aren't favorites of mine because they had such a good year. Yeah, actually, if you look at Scott's list, too, a lot of these guys, I mean, Danielson, Takagi. We love Scott. But Scott great wrestlers. We, we love Scott. Scott's the man. Scott is awesome. I agree with Scott's list when it comes to wrestlers. However, Scott hates the WWE. Well, that's true. You, you will not see a person from the WWE, no matter how good of a year they have, on Scott's list. And that's fine. I mean, although Brian Danielson is technically in both. He's, he's, he's in AEW, and we both know that the reason why he's made the list is because of the wrestling that he's done in AEW, not because of what he did early in the year in the WWE. He's also, but Scott is also aware of what happened with WWE with Danielson. And we'll get to of course, he's aware. He's aware of it, but he's not aware of the development of Roman Reigns over the last year. He is. He is. But to be fair, and this is, I'll say this to Scott, I was listening, he takes himself out of that. He'll, he's told me plenty of times, I'm not, yeah. I can't comment on WWE stuff. So, yeah, which, which I get. But, but what I'm saying is, is that his list will never have those guys on it. Yeah, maybe not, for, maybe not completely. No, I mean, yeah. that's fine. And that's why we like to get this variety. No, absolutely. I got Jake here. Jake doesn't have a WWE guy now. Jake also, I think, misunderstood me. I Okay, so next week's list. Jake's also got 12 guys, which is impressive. <laughs> He's got six. But Jake, I, <laughs> next week coming up, because I asked everybody, give me your top male and female wrestlers of the year. He sent you both. I realize he sent me a list of six, and one of them is Britt Baker. <laughs> so he took it, I think, as male or female. In, in fairness, uh, she has taken the spot of MJF. So Yes. We'll talk a little bit about that, too. We're recording this. After Wednesday's dynamite win, Punk and MJF had a hell of a problem. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that because that was that. amazing. Yeah. So now, all right, for Jake's list, Jake rule in effect. Now, see, here you go. I love me some Jake, right? But in his one of his extra guys, Minoru Suzuki. Minoru Suzuki, hell of a wrestler. Arguing he went to a ton of places. Impact, GCW, argument. But he wouldn't make my wrestler of the year, too, because, again, I'm looking at also guys who were kind of in a main event status. Now, that being said, that's not how I word this. But I think me and you kind of think like that a little bit. Yeah. Now, all right, next, John Moxley. Okay, no argument there. Moxley belongs. Hangman Page, no argument again. You could argue that, you know, he didn't have the year of Omega. I, 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 I can argue both of those guys. I'll tell you why. One, Moxley actually this year was nowhere near last year. Mm -hmm. he, he got relegated out of the world title, was not really a top contender for it, and then was battling demons. And you got Hangman Page, who until he won the belt, had taken off about three quarters of the year. So, yeah, I can argue both of those. And a baby. <laughs> <laughs> My point is, 
I understand if somebody puts them in there. They're, they're Absolutely. Yeah. I, I understand people don't pay attention also. Shingo Tataki also on this list. IWB champion and Kenny Omega. All right. I got another list coming up from Jesse from New Hampshire. Let's take a break for a second here. I want to talk about some people because I did my list first. All right. I didn't go in why I had some of these people in. To me, the top three guys that are really we're looking at here are Omega, Roman Reigns, and Brian Danielson. Mm-hmm. And I I will get, you know, I'll ask you your list right after this because Brian Danielson was in two companies this year. He was in WWE and he was AEW, the two top companies in North America. That's not disputed. Absolutely. Yeah. In terms of, you know, overall success and where everybody gets to see. All right. So Brian Danielson was in the main event of WrestleMania. He had a hell of a match with Roman Reigns and Edge. He had a mm-hmm. hell of a match with Roman and he was great. I want to say an elimination chamber too. Now, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Here's what Brian Danielson did too. He took a career in WWE that I know some hardcore fans, even though they love him, might not give him credit for. And he was amazing in WWE, and he's even better now. Like he's because, somehow it's incredible. Yeah, he's he, he, okay. So Brian Danielson's going to make my list also when we get to my list. The yeah. reason why is he's evolved. He's evolved back into a better version of the American Dragon. Yeah. If you watched him early on in Ring of Honor, what he's doing now is very similar to the character, except for he's gotten better on the mic. Yes. So he so he's even more poignant now when he actually does it and when he actually attacks people. He, he comes across as very snarky, very oh oh no no no. I understand you're lazy. It's fine. Right. Yeah. He's very good at getting heat and being a heel. He was good then too, but he's another level now. Well, he I think it means even more now because of how much people want to love him. You know, when you want to love, it's like a dog. When you want to love the dog and the dog keeps biting you, it, it means a little bit more. I'm going <laughs> to tell you how smart uh, this guy is. And this is just my opinion on what he does. He, he knows the audience and he knows he loves this kind of wrestling. He loves that there's no limits. At the same time, he know he had a good relationship with WWE. Absolutely. And he knows that we're dealing with a tribal-type atmosphere right now online when people are either pro-WWE or pro-AEW. So what does he do? <laughs> he takes these little WWE jabs at the because now he wants to be a heel. But he's not changing anything about himself. But he starts mentioning them like, I defended my belt after WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah. And then even takes that line, which he was doing when he was doing the vegan heel champ thing. And like, you know, I never changed, you change. And there's a word for that, fickle. And I'm not fickle. Exactly. He knows how to do it, but he's putting it. It's excellent. Yeah. Okay. First of all, we all know Daniel Bryan is a, or Bryan Danielson is a genius. Mm -hmm. Anybody who can look like a little troll and land Brie Bella, he's obviously incredibly intelligent. That's how to sell. <laughs> Listen, I, I want two other guys I want to go back to. We'll talk to it and we'll get back to the list. I know we're kind of deviating a little bit here, but that's fine. It's our fucking show. So we do what we want. Kenny Omega <laughs> all right, and Roman Reigns. Those are the two other guys I want to talk about. For me, Kenny Omega, okay, fantastic wrestler. But when we're talking about guys who did things on a level of like, you know, success, we're talking about here's a guy, he did something I don't remember anybody doing. Just going around collecting belts, not since yeah. Ultimate Dragon, but he's doing it at. Well, he also, at- he also, what we talked about with with Brian Danielson and the American Dragon, he did the same thing. He took that cleaner gimmick out of the closet, said, "Let me dust this off real quick and let me put it back on," and he absolutely did freaking awesome with it. He was great as a heel all year. 
He had fantastic matches despite the fact this guy had two soldiers that were bothering him right now. And he basically he went down to AAA and won the Mega AAA Championship. I think I think people are too hard on Kenny Omega. I think that a lot of times, because of the level of match that he can have, they expect him to just have that five-star, 10-star, 20-star match every time. And it, that's impossible. And some matches are different. He's not going out there and wrestling a style like the Bucks, for Christ's sakes. He has a much more hard-hitting style, and he gets hit hard. So it, it, it's much harder to do that every night. And the last guy I want to talk about before we get back to this list, to your credit, talking about WWE guys, we do have to <laughs> I didn't play acknowledge him. acknowledge him. <laughs> <laughs> he is the guy. Because when you're talking about guys that are just successful, and obviously he's got the machine behind him. So you could argue, you could argue with me, go, oh, it's a predetermined, like I just said in there. Here's the thing. He's he deserves that spot. Yeah, because- but how many how many times has the machine been behind people? And it doesn't mean a goddamn thing. Even Roman Reigns in his own freaking career, how many times was the machine behind him and the crowd did the complete opposite of what they wanted? Yeah. There's an interview out right now with Paul Heyman and Aria Hawani. It's brilliant. And Heyman talks about how important they are together as a package because Hawani asked him, he said, you know, don't be modest. You know, how important are you? And he said, it's not just me on, you know, out there. It's the behind the scenes. We challenge each other to be better. And it shows. This, so you might as well put Paul right there. It's yeah, all part absolutely. of It's Paul. It's the Usos. It's Roman. It's just the way. But, but who has ever doubted how important Paul is to this situation? Yeah, I, I don't know. You, Even I don't know if you watched SmackDown or not last night. Yeah, yeah. This the day after. But the way he digs in on everybody in that show, too, and builds up the, for the end of the show is absolutely yeah. fantastic. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he just he knows what he's doing. When he talks about he's that guy. That he's out there, he's doing everything he's going to say he's going to do, and then he rubs your nose in it. He literally beat Danielson and Edge at Mania and ended up, even though it was a great match back and forth, he finished the match by stacking them on top of each other and pinned them. And then he goes and brags about it, how he smashed them both, and he says, we can't even have triple threat matches no more because I'm just going to embarrass people, so they can't even do this. It's like unbelievable, hell of a trash talker. They're foully letting him be him this past year and a half. And it's box office. His timing on the mic has gotten so good. The way he holds things, the way he gives that little smirk before he says something, like I'm making myself laugh before I even say this. It's just genuine heel. And I know a thing or two about being a genuine heel. But he, yeah, he's killing it. Now, although some would say you're <coughs> lucky. But that's beside the point. Anyway, let's move on. We got Jesse from New Hampshire. He's got Sammy Guevara, Eddie Kingston, CM Punk, Brian Danielson and Roman Reigns, the three we just mentioned. Okay, let's talk about some of these other guys here real quick. Why are, and I'm not saying they won't make your list, but why are we not going to have, let's say, some of these other guys in our top three here? Uh, uh, CM Punk's not going to make my list, and the reason why is not because he's not having a good year. He's obviously having a good comeback here, but he hasn't done what he's going to do yet. Mm-hmm. He's not hitting that big spotlight. Now, is he starting to hit it now? With MJF, with the interviews, with what's going on here, is this the build finally to something bigger? And I shouldn't say finally because it hasn't been that long. Right. But, but this is the build to something now. Up until now, he's just been getting over guys that are relatively new to the company, guys who needed that little bit of stroke to him. And I think he's doing a great job with it. But he's not going to make my list for top five because it hasn't been his year yet. Now, and I would say here's where maybe me and you, like, we do count how the company pushes you. And – 
if you weren't to take that in consideration, you could argue that Kingston and Guevara should be there in terms of Guevara with the work in the ring and Kingston just all around. Well, first of all, Kofi Kingston hasn't done shit. I'm talking about Eddie. Kingston. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> but both of them, Guevara is fantastic. He gets a push there, and he does get a push from the company. But they're taking their time with that push. They should. And, and they should, because he's still very young. He's still developing, and he he is doing a great job of learning that. Jungle Boy could be in that conversation. You want to talk about people that have just gotten over, who it might not necessarily be their year yet, compared to the top five. But if you're, if you're having a conversation for just great years, how do you leave Jungle Boy out of there? I'll say this, too. I think me and AJ are both kind of marked for the belts. And I will say this. When me and AJ do look at the finals, usually, we are looking at your prospective world heavyweight champion. The belt does mean something. I, I To me, it does, too. Dude, the, the, you, okay, like you talked about before, yeah, it's not a contest to actually win the belt, but it is. It is a contest. Right. If they don't feel you're putting asses in the seats, guess what? You're not wearing the belt. Right, you have to connect. I somewhere. mean, unless we're talking about like the Intercontinental or United States Championship, which doesn't We're talking shit. about the world title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, I'm going to go to Randy Osga. He's got Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson, Josh Alexander, had a good year, Roman Reigns, and finally, Bobby Lashley, and Shingo uh, Takagi. Shingo Takagi, I want to say, other than Danielson, Omega, and Roman, is probably making the next few of us, but he's had a hell of a year. Absolutely. He's had a great year. That's, uh, and good list by a friend of the show, Randy Osga. Now let's go right into Mike Flynn, who's got, here we go again, Omega, Shingo, Roman, Abushi, and McIntyre. Now, Mike Flynn, I'm going to give McIntyre. You know what? It was, a, it was a, What did he do this year? Other than make me change the channel on whatever program he's on, what did he do this year? I mean, he was in the thick of things for a lot of it last week. He didn't win the title. I Again, he didn't end up with the belt this year. I'm just saying, what did he actually just – any accomplishment? Oh, did he headline WrestleMania? No. Did he win the Royal Rumble? No, that was all last year. Did he win <laughs> any major belts? That was all last year. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it. I'm just asking. I get it. I get it. You know, that's all subjective. Now, here's the thing. I will say this. I want to give Mike Flynn some props, though. Because you talked about this. One thing about Mike Flynn, out of everybody that writes us a list that I know like personally a little bit, this guy watches WWE, AEW, and New Japan. Yeah, he watches <laughs> everything. Mike he Flynn's does. a good guy. He's a good guy. And yeah, other than that pick of Drew McIntyre, he did a great job. <laughs> well, it's his pick. Out. Former guest of the show, wrestler Mike Caldwell, he sent us a list too. If he um, only picked himself. He did not. Now, he's more of <laughs> a heavy WWE guy, but... Be fair, here's his list, though. Bobby Lashley, Brian Danielson, Roman Reigns, still picked. Kenny Omega, because goddamn he deserves it. And no one else has picked this guy yet. But, you know, I, I think because he's just coming on now. But Big E. He, yeah, Big E yeah. deserves it. Big E, I think, I don't have Roman. He, he struggled in the beginning of the year because, yeah. well, they gave him shit matches and shit opponents. But he did very well as the year turned on. And in, over the last four months, he's been he's been fantastic. Now, I think I said in my list in the beginning, I talked about Aldous Walter. I talked about Brian, Omega, Roman. But I also did have Hangman on that list as well. I did the two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, yeah I shit on your Aldous pick. But other than that, you were good. <laughs> now, who do you have as your list? I'm just, right, just so, going to say so Brian. I have, yeah. 
I, I do have Bobby Lashley on me. To me, the way he dominated throughout most of the year, how do you not have Bobby Lashley on your list? I've got Shingo also on my list. So there's another one for Shingo. Kenny Omega's made my list because he held the belt 99% of the year and he just continues to evolve and be fantastic. Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson or American Dragon, he is actually on my list also because once again, the evolution and what he has done as a heel, I mean, they want to cheer him and he's basically saying, no, you're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And then Roman Reigns is my last spot. Roman Reigns, the we talk about evolution. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, we sat there and went, why do they keep shoving this baby face down our throats? Why do they keep doing this? Him as a heel is absolutely electrifying. So he's He's been fantastic. He's one of the best stories to me in WWE over the last 20 years, just because the way he's found himself. I hate to talk about this comparison, but he's finally getting to the stature where he can say that maybe The Rock's not the head of the table. And we might find that out soon enough. I do. Hey, I'm not going to pull the uh, Jake effect because I think that's wrong. But if you want to see somebody who's evolved also over the last year, he's not in my top five, but he's definitely evolved. Seth Rollins has been absolutely fantastic, too, with the evolution of this character. Now, yeah, that's fine. I have to say, though, this I kept a little track this week. Interesting enough, Shingo, Honorary, I mentioned, he got four of the people voting. He was right there. But yeah, the, top, I voted for him too. the top three people on the list are the people I'm talking about. And I kind of knew it was going to be this way. Roman Reigns, Brian Danielson, and Kenny Omega. Omega. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's unbelievable. Okay. Before we get started this discussion, I think we're going to agree. Based on our love for belts and based on the fact that we go off pushes a little bit, we're going to have to get rid of Danielson first, even though I yeah. think he's the best wrestler out of three and that's not a slight on well he also didn't wrestle most uh, a lot of the year i mean from WrestleMania, and then yeah yeah well that's why ken that's why hangman page didn't make my list i love hangman page i don't want people to think i'm sliding him by the way if this list was just best wrestling ability Brian Tails is probably our number one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, but that, but then we got to put maybe him, Jonathan Gresham, and Daniel Garcia for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah, Osprey. There's gonna be a lot of people. Yeah, Uh, it'd be a completely different list. But that being said, when we're talking about success for a lot of the years, it was two guys. It was Roman and it was Omega. Now, I think we had this discussion last year we did a year end and i think i went with kenny omega because kenny omega was the first guy i ever saw just unify the belt and i, I had think to- we're gonna end up agreeing here i think we are <laughs> and i think our fans aren't gonna necessarily be happy but that's they are not gonna there i don't think our fans are gonna be happy at all <laughs> because here's the difference right now kenny needs some time off god bless him the kind of work he did but it's it's the whole deal there ain't a bigger fucking main event right now than Roman Reigns. And I want to pull up this stat I recently saw somewhere. I'm sorry, Producer Joe. I don't remember. I'm blanking out now, but people can look it up. If I'm wrong, fuck it. Kenny, Roman Reigns was on The Tonight Show recently, and I want to say there was like several extra 100,000 people tuned in to that episode of Tonight Show. The guy's a draw. I mean, even though WWE rankings are like the people that are tuning in, it's because of Roman. Like Roman is the last really big star other than maybe Brock or Cena or somebody like that who's a part-timer at this point. But Roman's out there every week. People are definitely tuning in. I mean, if you don't think that they're changing the channel to watch Roman Reigns, you're on your mind. Which is which is funny because he wasn't doing that on Raw. It wasn't no, until he well, developed this character and really polished it on SmackDown that he's finally doing it. And, and again, 
once he went to SmackDown, though, that's the first time he became heel. And that's also when Paul Heyman joined. So it was all that came together. And now, God, they they waited forever to turn him heel. But you could see, like, this was the way to do it. And I think Paul and everything, it's like, look, Kenny is so great. And what's really great about Kenny, too, is he's great on a show that has a lot of great things. Absolutely. is the best on a show that maybe doesn't have a lot of great things, but he is that damn good. And he would be that good in AEW. He'd be that good in New Japan. Wherever you put this guy, he's a star. Roman Reigns is the reason why I tune into SmackDown on Friday nights. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I know something's going to be a polarizing topic. Agree, disagree, get the topics, but I'll tell you what. There is one thing that I think they also did very well with him. When him and Seth Rollins were on the same brand, they did a good job of constantly having them near each other without actually doing anything. And I think that that built even more anticipation. And then moving Seth back over to Monday Night Raw, once again, building even more anticipation so that that uh, eventually when they do get their hands on each other, it's going to be quite the entertaining thing. You know what? We teased it. So before I get out of here, we will talk a little bit about this. CM Punk, MJF, as we're recording this, there'll probably be another episode of Dynamite when you guys hear this. But we're coming off that promo exchange. That's one of the best promo... You could argue it went a little long, but my God, the zingers and the way they kept the audience into it. And I love yeah. the way CM Punk stayed quiet. Mm-hmm. He let MJ off just MJF just ramble and talk right. and get out his zingers and get out his stuff, and then he brought fire back at him, and he and he went a little humorous the first time. Right. Then he let MJF go again. Right. And when he came back in the next one, it was more, I'm going to kick your ass. Right. It was, you'll be, you're going to make the New York Times again for the obituaries. Yeah. And I, I, I love that part too. I, I know what you're saying that when he brought, you know, he brought it back to like, okay, this is a real fight. You know, we're going to make this actually an intense. It's not going to just be cutesy lines and stuff like that. And it was almost like, I heard this on, I want to say post wrestling. It was almost like a rap battle type thing where they kept taking turns. They would let the other person be quiet, and then they would shoot back. And everybody. I also, I, I also like that nobody else was involved in it. There, there was no Wardlow there. There was no Sean Spears there. No FTR. It, it was really just the two of them, two great guys on the mic and dropping bombs. Yeah, absolutely. And again, Punk made it more serious to his credit. Now, that being said, I'm trying to think if there's anything else going on in wrestling business you want to talk about right now. Really? That was the big thing this week. I mean, Brock Lesnar is coming back. That was brought in at the end of the show last night. I know you haven't watched SmackDown yet, but Brock will be back next week. Also, they made Sami Zayn the number one contender by winning the Battle Royal to Roman Reigns. That should be interesting. How interesting is that, that Sami Zayn is now your number one contender to the Universal Champion? I like Sammy. He ain't winning the belt, but I like him. But actually, well, he's also such a heel. They cut a little angle on Rampage last night where, speaking of Sammy's, Sammy Guevara will be taking on Tony Nese. Tony Nese. Tony Nese to me is a guy, much like 2.0. Like, oh my God, he's got to be so happy he jumped ship. Like, you know, like he's getting like a decent sized push from where he was to where he is right now. Oh, absolutely. And he's one of those guys who really is what they talk about. When they talk about him being the ultimate athlete, he he really is that athletic and that talented. And I thought he was good on the mic when he first came to on the cruiserweights. Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason, and maybe it's his height, the WWE just chose not to use him. Yeah, yeah. He never 
got that full level success. He got labeled as just a cruiserweight, I think. And yeah, had it credit to AEW. Like Bobby Fish is doing well. We saw him and Cole get the win last night. Bobby Fish even scored the big like. Yeah, score. it was nice to see them not. Co- I mean, it's nice to see them not completely job out Bobby Fish one week. <laughs> yes, I think Bobby's been doing well, but yeah, he's had a. You know, he's won some, lost some, but he seems to be in the thick of things. He's with Adam Cole. We'll see where that's going. Oh, those guys are very talented. Some would even say it's undisputed. Undisputed. Yeah, a lot of good stuff in wrestling. Brian Danielson, we already talked about earlier when we were talking about the list, but he was great with the thing where beating up Cole Cabana and then him and Hangman getting into it. That was probably the second best thing on that show, I would say. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I like that uh, Brian Danielson said that he's going to, that there's a couple people from Atlanta. Atlanta that are, Jay. <laughs> yeah. Well, Anna Jay sent out a tweet. I know. It actually said, I'm from Atlanta. Yeah, we could do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good on her. That won't be happening. <laughs> However, you can, let me tell you who's not that smart. Julia Hart re- <laughs> responded to Anna Jay's tweet with, hey, I'm from Atlanta too. Cool. No one was talking about you, Julia. <laughs> I hope you do well. You seem like a nice person. You're not in this angle. That's funny. Whatever. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good for her I like <laughs> but, yeah so a lot of good stuff in wrestling and most of it is around aew that being said when it comes to again and by the way guys you voted it too the people i talked to you had it tied at three if only one of you picked roman reigns and it was a lot more people than maybe me and aj would be like all right well that's not what we see but we go all right whatever but when you all voted down and you put it down to me and him, we're going to pick who we think belongs. Oh, and, and and guys, don't get me wrong. You guys are entitled to your opinion. You're just wrong. <laughs> and it was, again, we, it is, we do take it into consideration because it was in the top three. It, yeah, the absolutely. guys died. So Omega, uh, Brian, Danielson, and Roman Reigns. That's what I would have I, for the top three. I, I, I'm also glad to see Dave was actually right for once and agreed with me. All right, folks. On that note, I think it's time we end this show. I i can't do this anymore. <laughs> it's the Working Fans Podcast. Remember, guys, we do the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs, 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, go to F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. Fans, welcome to the Working Fans Podcast. We are excited today. We got the mighty Scott Chaplin. You can find him, Scott Chaplin, on Facebook, at Scott underscore Chaplin on Instagram and Twitter. And go to patreon.com slash wrestleroast to get the best wrestling Patreon in the game. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm very good. Very, very good. How are you two? Good, man. Good. Thanks oh, for we're doing, doing excellent. Same thing. Where, where are you guys living? Like, where are you located? We're in Connecticut. Oh, okay. Hell yeah. 
Are you, I've, are you uh, I've driven through there to get to places that I, I rather be. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, Did you drive highway. through Connecticut to get to the AEW show in Boston? I gotta ask. Oh, I didn't go to Boston. Oh wow, Dave was actually there this week, and really, it did. Yeah. Oh, that is fantastic, man. You loved it? Yeah, it was a good time. Actually, so the match that's going to air tonight when we're recording this on Rampage, Kingston and Danielson, absolutely one of those, like, beat-your-ass, all-Japan-style matches. And Uh, it was so good that Seidel and Dante followed it up, and the crowd was bored. Yeah, well, I heard they didn't do as much high-flying or something. They did, but it was, I think, partly, too, they were coming off that Danielson-Kingston high that those guys were in a bad position. How was the, uh, I read, again, we we didn't see it yet, me or Joe, because it hasn't aired yet for us while we're recording, but how was the punk Kingston thing? I like that. Now, from where we were sitting, it's one of those things where, you know, live, you don't get the backstage segments as good, but what I saw, it was really well done, and I'm really curious to see where they're going with Kingston as a character, because I've been thinking they've kind of been hitting at Mox as a heel a little bit to me a little bit. Oh, Mox is a heel for sure, yeah. Yeah, like when he dropped Yuta a couple weeks ago, and then he beats up Ten, I'm like, eh. And so I thought, oh, maybe Kingston's going to still be babyface, but now I'm thinking, I mean, I guess I can say it because people are going to like see the match before this airs, but there's a little thing at the end of Kingston and Danielson where Kingston refuses to shake Danielson's hand, and then he gets into that argument with Punk, so I'm like, this feels like a definite heel turn for him, too, then. Did you hear what the argument... My issue is, what is the argument? Because how how is Eddie Kingston a heel against a guy who just came back? Like, the whole idea right. is Eddie's been struggling and dying. So how do you boo him? And also, he gets cheered more than almost anybody. Yeah, absolutely. And even in the crowd, like, at least where we're sitting, I don't know how it will come off on TV tonight, but there were more people or equal cheering for Kingston over Danielson. And wow. Danielson is one of the most popular guys. Isn't it? Like, isn't it crazy that if it was WWE, you know how it would sound because they would literally edit your audio. Oh yeah. A thousand percent. And actually, yeah. even in Punk Fish, you could hear Bobby Fish chants there. Yeah, a yeah. lot of them. Yeah. So that's awesome. gonna be I mean, one of the best things about AEW is you're getting presented the stars that you like in a way that you like them. That. I mean, there's been a few misses here and there, but for the most part, the returns have been amazing, and just the storylines they've built out of it have been great. Well, and even the bad stuff, it's it's almost more forgivable because you there's this feeling of the wrestler had a lot to do with it, and so you're also seeing it through their lens and maybe what their intention, as opposed to like some phantom writer or going like, oh, Vince thought of this 30 minutes before the show. You're actually seeing how each wrestler's brain works within their storylines. So it's, it's like, if you're, if you like, you know, if you're genuinely into music, you want to look into it more and, and figure out why they did the thing. And with this, you can find out just because you're a fan of the wrestler, because that is the wrestler. That's what they're presenting. I mean, at least that's what it seems like. Yeah. Unless Tony Khan is completely changing people's ideas, which it it doesn't seem that way. Now, I was going to say, too, like with WWE, it's like, yeah, you have a ton of talented people there, but they're all kind of trained for the most part to do one thing, one style. Where it's AEW, you have all these talented people, but everybody's doing kind of their own thing, like you said. And it's okay. Like, you can tell, like, a great example would be, like, Jim Ross was probably not a big fan of the elite, you know, dark, like when you just hear, like, protons. You could see, like, the anger in his voice. But... You know, he's it's fine. Nobody cares. They still they're doing that, and there's still there's still a match later in the show. Like I said, with Danielson, because there's something for everybody with this. 
Oh, yeah. I went to Double or Nothing, the first one in Vegas. And so that was their first pay-per-view. Mm. And even on that first show, there was this feeling of, oh, this is a, a world's worth of wrestlers coming together and showing off their individual styles. Like, we got everything we wanted in that show. And it was the first time in so long I saw that happen. Yeah, even Dark is beginning interesting because with Dark Elevation, at least you're getting like a lot of the Japanese female wrestlers on that show, and it's like you're getting all these different. And they're teaming up with different independent people, and they're having these different tag matches and stuff like that. And I love the fact that it's just not structured. I guess. Yeah, I I, yeah. I agree. I agree. And I, and I don't you know people go oh they mention people like Mike Lawrence, a uh, a guy who's on the yeah. podcast with me. I know he was a guest on your show. Uh, a big issue with him is he doesn't want to watch those things. And so when they go, this guy's nine and oh, and it's like, well, I've never seen him wrestle once. It's well, they told you it. You don't need to see him wrestle. They told right. it. Like, it's that's like anything you you've never seen, you know, certain football players, all of their games, but mm. they fill you in. They fill you in on who, what's going on. That's I right. think that's completely fine. And, and that's one thing I've yeah. liked about AEW, how they have the dark and the elevation where, you can see these up and coming stars. You can see these matches that wouldn't necessarily be on TV. And it's almost like as if you're watching like Lord of the Rings or something and you know there's a backstory. AEW yeah. is giving you that backstory to watch yeah. and see how these guys progress. And I've personally liked that the best. And, and Scott, to piggyback off of just a little bit too about like you don't have to watch it. They're telling you about it. I was just telling somebody the other day, they're asking me like they like some of the Marvel movies, but they hadn't watched all of them. And they're like, do I have to watch all of them? I'm like, you don't have to, but if you do, you're going to get rewarded for paying attention. For I was sure. like, so there's for that. Sure. And I, that's what I think, you know, with AEW Dark and Elevation and all that, too. Yeah, I agree. Good so, shit. Scott, I'm going to ask you, uh, we're kind of just getting into wrestling talk. So, what, like, your fandom, like, who, who, who hooked you in pro wrestling? Man, Stone Cold Steve Austin. First man I saw, it, it, it felt like he could handle his liquor, you know? <laughs> I was like a little boy. My father was an alcoholic. Uh -oh. and, and to see this rebellious person that reminded me a lot of my father, but none of the negatives was really exciting to me. It, it was partially that. Also, I was just, I was immediately into the dirt sheets. Like, I remember being nine years old and i would print out smackdown results mm. every wednesday morning and bring them to school and just like read them to myself and you know it was in grade school i i, I just liked the whole behind the scenes of it i like yeah. how it was put together and guys ideas and you fall if you just fall into a world you know it becomes more than just what you're watching on television and i was into that now did yeah. you meet anybody that you knew that could equal that kind of fandom like friend wise because you've got some friends and dave's talked about it before that they know of wrestling oh, yeah. but then you know people that are like oh man i read the dirt sheet and this guy is coming from this territory like did you meet anyone else that was as dedicated a fan as you at that time in my hometown no honestly no i remember i would there was kids i wouldn't usually hang out with at all but since they liked wrestling i gave them a shot <laughs> and then it would never work out right there yeah, yeah it never worked out I, I, there were there was like five kids that i tried to be friends with over wrestling but it just was not computing, you know? And then there's also those guys who really like wrestling and you start talking. I got a friend, uh, Monroe Martin, he's a comic. He loves pro wrestling. But when you talk 
to him about it. He loves it in the way a child loves it. And so you mm. can't even talk about it like the way a, a fucking Mark would talk about it. He just he just loves any of it. Like, no matter what shit they throw down your throat, he just thinks it's so amazing that they do it, even if it's a repeat every week, you know? Wow, so he'll watch Raw and be like, did you see Raw last night? Did you see what they did? And you're like, yeah, I slept through half of it, and I kind of woke up during a match I thought I might like. Yeah, he get he gets a he gets a kick out of it. He sees it like you know the way people see the circuit. God, God bless him though. Man, yeah. fuck, I can't do that. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> and I found even like I watched a lot of wrestling, but then when you start a podcast about wrestling, it's almost like God. I feel like I'm so much deeper in, or I've oh, got to like, know so much more. Now, for the most part, like I, I avoid WWE almost completely. I, I just read results, you know. And mm. with Twitter now, you see the highlights anyway of things, and you can get an idea of what's what, you know. It's like when you're a fan long enough, you become. It's like I assume doctors don't have to read entire sheets of things to get the gist of something, you know. Like, yeah, you go. I know exactly what that was like. Mm. I do watch AEW, but I don't always watch it live. I'll wake up early and watch it, and I, I try yeah. not to. Like the pandemic really got me into evolving my life around when wrestling was on. Because what else are you gonna do? You know, yeah. and we were doing the podcast, so why not focus on it? And that got hellish mm. quick. So, yeah. <laughs> now, speaking of hellish, have you ever tried keeping up with the G1? Because I've wanted to do it every oh, year. Gosh, oh, yeah, And then man. two days in, I'm like, fuck this. You guys are throwing too much at me at once. And then you're going to end on Shibata Saber? Like, I don't have time enough in the day for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, man, I mean, so the way I am able to watch it is I wake up at 5 in the morning for work anyway. Hmm. And so usually the shows start at 4.30 or 5. And yeah. so you can miss the first few matches anyway because it's, you know, Young Lion shit or, you know, eight-man tags or whatever. So I, wa I watched almost all of the G1, but it's, dude, I'm literally driving to work, looking down here and there, you know. Exactly <laughs> like, thank God for English commentary because a lot of times it's like I'm doing something early in the morning. And if they don't release one of the shows with English commentary – there's more likely a, a chance I'm going to die in a car crash because I'm looking down to see the action more. You know? <laughs> Dude, these guys give me shit all the time because I drive a truck for a living. I drive a box truck. And there we go. Yeah, yeah. I got wrestling on all the time anymore. That's how I Dude. keep up with everything. It's just like Because he can't stay up for it. So it's like no. he'll be watching Dynamite yeah. the next morning. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I did Thursday morning. I watched Dynamite on the way to work and the first mm. few moments of work. I, just I, I find I just watch stuff that evolves around my schedule sometimes. Like I started watching SmackDown now recently not because i'm glued to the show it's just on when i'm up i'm that working and i have it on in the background and i'm like yeah. oh okay like that's but sucks, dude but new japan cool. something so nice about being up nobody else is awake but you are and these people are in japan yeah. you know uh it, there's something really cool about it. and it's like it's the only present thing outside of yourself that happens that early in the morning like who mm. else are you going to communicate with it, mm. it you know, nothing else is live it, it, it's just Everything's bullshit. You know, even the radio at five in the morning, there's it's like religious stations or something, you know? Yeah. Now, so, I was working a different job when Wrestle Kingdom was on this year and I was working overnight. So I did an overnight inventory. And as I'm counting, I just had my iPad set up right there with all the matches. And I'm like, where else can you see this? Like, yeah, it feels like a treat. I, I imagine it's what soccer fans feel like. And part mm -hmm. of the reason 
it becomes a rabid thing because you start adjusting your schedule. There's mm. like an intimacy. Most people wouldn't do that, you know? And, yeah. and then, so, you know, you get, you get amped up. I'm and super New jealous Japan of- is just delivering such good content that it's like, it's worth getting up at that time to be rewarded with just killer matches, Dude, even on your base level shows. And then also if you're really into it, it becomes, oh, or I don't see it, and then I have to avoid Twitter and Instagram all day because mm-hmm. every account I follow is going to mention whatever happened. Yeah. That kills me. That that messes me up a lot where I forget that I missed a, a show in the morning, and then I go on Instagram, and it's like, what? The tag titles switched hands? Why? What? Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. I definitely had to do that a few Dynamites and stuff before, too, where I'm like, oh, okay, I, I'm going to bed at 9. I'll be up at 2.30 in the morning. Let's just put it on. I'm super jealous of West Coast people, too. Like, I also watch, like, a lot of MMA and like i'd be up to like one in the morning sometimes some of these fight cards would end and like we went to vegas one time and like holy shit it's 10 o'clock this thing's finishing it's like oh, daytime I, we... I know yeah so strange that's fucking nuts but yeah but also their cities shut down earlier like th- those mm-hmm. places also it's just life you know ends earlier mm-hmm. now you were saying you were an austin fan and he drew you into what time period like because i'm Thinking like Austin, Brett, maybe 97, maybe a little no. before. Okay. So it was probably, hmm. Well, I was a huge fan by the time WrestleMania 17 came around. And okay. that was what, 2001 or 2000? That was 2001. That's 2001, yep. So probably, yeah, probably 15, WrestleMania 15, I, I, I got into it. Mm-hmm. And then when Austin got hit by the car, I was like mega fan. And I, I, you know, I needed to know, I needed to know who the fuck hit Austin. And, <laughs> but then quickly after that, you know, since I was so into the dirt sheets and stuff, it became who's actually the best wrestlers. And then, and then I just, you know, I, I watched a lot of TNA in yeah, you know, yeah. as an eighth grader or freshman in high school. Yeah. I was like a massive AJ fan, you mm. know, going back and realizing how great Michaels was in the nineties as well mm-hmm. as, you know, being a huge fan of his run. Like, like after Austin, I was like a Jericho Benoit fan, you know, like yeah. anybody who was delivering great matches. I, oh, I was a fan. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I started off so I'm much, I'm older than you, but like I had that Hogan era, but like I got bored like in my teens and Suddenly, they started pushing Bret Hart as a singles wrestler with Mr. Perfect and Shawn Michaels. And it's like, oh, this is what I want to watch now. This is what I'm into. And yeah, so, yeah, okay, like so you kind of made a similar transition from those, yeah. Oh, yeah, quickly became, like, the the wildness of Stone Cold, you know, the, like, the rebellion. Like, I mean, dude, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Eminem were, were the thing as a child, you know, and they're both very similar in that, at the end of the day, it's just fuck you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and kids love that, you know? And it, yeah, sure, it probably ruined most of my life and stuff, you know? And made me crueler than I needed to be. But I loved Austin so much. And then, yeah, just such a transition to like, oh, wow, wait, Angle is having the best matches. And, you know, Austin hurt his, Austin hurt his neck. Austin hurt his knee. Like, you couldn't go to Austin for the, the barn burners anymore. Right, uh, but you still wanted to see what he was doing. So there were these other guys that were kind of, dude. A lot of matches were pretty terrible in, in, in terms of like main event guys. Oh yeah, uh, always, just always in WWE. Like 
the history of WWE is mostly the main event guys not being that great, yeah. which is kind was, of strange. It was the crowds were so rabid at that time. Oh, dude, that crowd, yeah. it was like... Besides, oh my God. <laughs> isn't it wild that the, when the WWE gets away from steroids and the bigger guys, they almost turned into a work rate company for a very little bit because they had to. Something oh, that boy. they're never known for outside of the Steamboat Savage match, I would say. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Now, as you're a big fan of AEW on your podcast, if you had to bring up, we don't talk negatives here very often, yeah. but if you had to, if there were some things you could see AEW improve on, where would you like to see them make improvements? Because they don't need many. Yeah, they don't need many. You know, I think their timing in terms of come the end of the show, it feels very rushed. Mm. Some, you know, some, I think lately they've been sticking the landing a little better, but I mean, still just a few weeks ago, you had Suzuki and, and Moxley go like six minutes and there was mm -hmm. a commercial break during it. I think that's a big issue. And honestly, just camera guys not catching everything. Right. That's a big, like, I love, I mean, that's why I love New Japan. They follow the action and there, it, it comes off real and it's, there's these shots that look like it's film or something, you know, and then, WWE is just very generically filmed. And then AEW, I just feel like there's moments where they completely miss. Like even this week, Hawk did the backflip and sat down like, right. like Alistair Black does. And they didn't even catch Malachi Black. They didn't even catch it. You know, it's just mm -hmm. things like that that are super important. Yeah, that really bothers me. But in terms of character, like, you know, a lot of guys hate the factions. But you go, I think you need that in the first few years because you're trying to get as many people over as possible. You're trying to see who gets over. Mm -hmm. You're trying to get everybody out there. And if you throw everybody in a faction and put them out there, then you're going to see who they like, you know, who people like and who people don't like. And the, the, the same in terms of, you know, the bucks and Omega where, you know, it's like, Oh, they're, they're EPs or whatever. So should they have the titles? And it's like, Dude, it's the second year. Yes, they should. They're the whole reason this place exists. Like, do we not remember what got us here? It's these guys. Are we not going to give them a moment at all? It wouldn't make any sense. I, I like you said about factions, too. I never put it together. You're right. It is a great way to get a bunch of people over. Because yeah, I look dude. At, you got, you got to think about it in the, in the long run. Yeah. Because, like, look what WWE did. Like, they had that Cruiserweight Classic. Was, everybody was raving about but then they brought everybody up at the same fucking time and nobody was getting over and it was the same stuff. And even recently, like they rebranded NXT, which was awful because NXT didn't really need rebranding, but they did. But it's like, that was the problem. Like you get like one guy that maybe gets over and you're throwing 50 different people at it. It's like, who are these people? Why am I following all these people? You know what I mean? Like, unless you're a diehard of diehard, like it's very hard to stay. For sure. And, and they're more like, they should be more, con I'd call them camps. I mean, they don't. And so what, what do you do? They're factions. But even the way New Japan, I mean, New Japan, everybody's in a faction, but you almost forget. It's like, oh, there's Los Single Bernables and then, and Bullet Club. And then everybody else is on their own. But no, they're in factions. It's just not harped on and mm. you don't really think about it too much. So if you think about it in terms of, oh, they're, they're kind of a camp, you know, like when you, when you do work at a place, you do train with people, you do go on the road with people, you know, you do have travel buddies and these are these people, but it's not explained like that. And so, yeah, I can't make excuses, but. 
Hmm. That's how I would like to interpret it. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 